Will Virginia become the first state in the South to fully legalize recreational marijuana? That's the push right now from both liberal state legislators and the governor. If that becomes reality in the Commonwealth, what will the impact be on our kids and families? And what can we do about it? Welcome to Speak Up Virginia, equipping you to speak up on the life, family, and freedom issues that matter most to you. From the Family Foundation, I'm your host, Candy Cushman, and I'm joined today by our president, Victoria Cobb. You know, Victoria, one of the most important things we can teach kids in today's culture is the biblical truth that not only are they created by God, but they have been purchased at a valuable price, Jesus's love and sacrifice, in a way that makes them a priceless treasure. And for that reason, they have a responsibility to view their bodies, our physical bodies, as gifts of God, as the Bible puts it, actually the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, as parents, we're trying to instill these messages into our children, but yet culture is telling them the very counter message. And so what we're trying to do is tell them that things that maybe the culture is saying are okay really aren't good for their body. And every generation has different challenges, whether it was cigarettes or now vaping, whatever it might be, we're trying to tell our children that their bodies are valuable and they don't need to follow trends. And it seems like a big part of that societal push that we're always up against is this whole experimentation mindset really just this trend toward finding ways to numb pain rather than sometimes taking that harder road of working things out um, through biblical truth and grace. Yeah, the reality is that there is a spiritual hole in our society that we are trying to fill with substances, and that's not what we're called to do. And really what we're seeing is a rejection of God's presence and the things that can truly fill us when we're seeing so many people gravitating towards these substances. So often we just hear talk focused on things like the sexual revolution, but there's so much more that we're doing that are harmful things to our bodies, like substances. Wow, that is so true, Victoria. And in light of that, what would your advice be to parents listening today that want to try to inoculate, so to speak, their kids um, to speak against that kind of false messaging coming from the rule before temptations come in their kids' lives? Because we all know that day is going to come when as a teen or young adult, they're going to be pressured into some of these things. Well, we want to let our children know that God offers them abundant life, that they can have fullness and joy and peace, and they can have it without needing to follow the peers who are trying to do this in a way that is the worldly way, that is Satan's sort of cheap promise. And so what we're trying to do is tell our kids that so that they don't move forward to try to grab onto the things that the world offers. And, you know, it's interesting we're discussing this, how society doesn't have a whole lot of real solutions to meet those core human needs other than just pushing ways to temporarily numb the pain. Because today's topic is this big push in Virginia right now to legalize marijuana. That's right. In fact, our governor put out an official statement that it was, quote, time to legalize marijuana and that he wanted Virginia to be, quote, the first state in the South to take this step. Well, he and his supporters in the General Assembly wasted no time in doing exactly that. In fact, even as we speak, there are key bills moving rapidly through the legislature. Tell us about that, Victoria. Yeah, there's some bills in both the State House and Senate that if there's not somehow stopped in the process, they're going to be signed by this governor. But before I get into those details, let me just give you the broader picture here. Uh, last year, Virginia took the first step towards decriminalizing small amounts of marijuana, but now they're moving full throttle ahead towards fully legalizing and commercializing marijuana. And we're not just talking about medical use, we're talking about what they call recreational use. In other words, getting intoxicated. You know, it's so hard to understand why anyone thinks legalizing and commercially promoting an addictive drug that we already know 
harm so many youth and families is a good idea. Help us understand, how is this being justified? Well, here's how it's being sold to Virginians. And by the way, the big pushers of this are not the people who care about your family health. They are the well-paid marijuana lobbyists. But first of all, they're saying that this can somehow answer or be an answer to restoring societal justice, racial equity in our state. Um, and second, they're saying that legalizing it's going to make our state safer. And third, that it's actually going to help kids by generating more money for education. Well, let's just take those one at a time. With the argument that this is going to help fix racial inequalities, for instance, now I've heard people saying that there are a disproportionate number of minority communities who are impacted by marijuana arrests. So, Victoria, help us understand why legalizing marijuana would not be a compassionate response to that. Well, first of all, the devastation that drug addiction already wreaks on families, and especially minority families, is well documented. The epidemic of fatherlessness affecting black Americans, for instance, often goes hand in hand with the plague of drug addiction. So there's nothing compassionate about creating policy that sets up more pitfalls for those trying to escape this vicious cycle. Plus, there's no convincing evidence that legalizing marijuana is actually going to reduce arrests in minority communities. For instance, we know that already in Colorado, once it became the, one of the first states to legalize marijuana, marijuana-related arrests actually uh, became, they actually grew because the thing is, you might not be arrested for the substance, but you're going to have instances of impaired driving, um, underage instances, the list goes on and on. Yeah, and they specifically increased, I know because I'm from Colorado, among Black and Hispanic youth. And so when you just really look at that, it sounds like they might actually increase the problem of arrest being overrepresented in minority communities rather than addressing it or alleviating it, right? Absolutely. You know, it's it's clearly not the right solution. And I wish they'd take time to hear from the many incredible black leaders of churches and ministries in our community who speak into solutions that would actually be helpful for the long term. You know, and it's also worth mentioning that we just saw another study come out a few days ago in one of the leading pediatric journals that marijuana use is, quote, significantly associated with the increased risk of things like self-harm and death by unintentional overdose. Um, tell me about that a little bit. Why, why do we have a governor who is a pediatrician pushing this? Well, yeah, I mean, that's really the irony of this whole thing, especially when you consider that we've even had a Surgeon General come out and warn that today's marijuana is actually more dangerous and addictive than ever before. It's significantly more potent and can actually harm developing brains. Thanks for tuning in if you're just now joining us for Speak Up Virginia, brought to you by the Family Foundation. For more information about us or the topics we're addressing, you can visit familyfoundation.org. That's familyfoundation.org. Well, that gets us into the next point, which is this argument for safety, because we're hearing arguments like, well, this issue is no different than gambling, alcohol, or tobacco. We can't prohibit it out of existence, so why not regulate it so it's more safe? What's wrong with that? Well, that's where we need to look at the, what the facts actually tell us about legalized marijuana and safety, and not just what a bunch of well-paid lobbyists are claiming in the General Assembly. And the facts are pretty clear. First of all, it's well-documented that poison control calls for kids who have ingested marijuana have skyrocketed in states like Maine and Colorado, where it's already legal. And what's really sad is that schools in states that have loosened marijuana laws have even had to issue warnings after being forced to call paramedics because kids were bringing pot-laced treats and sharing them with their friends. And not only that, but then you also have um, street safety to think about. And, you know, you mentioned Colorado, and I had said that I'm from there. I just moved from there last year, and I've definitely had a close-up look at that, at what happens when a state legalizes marijuana so drastically 
And interestingly, after Colorado legalized marijuana, for example, traffic fatalities in that state involving drivers intoxicated from marijuana rose by 86% in a four-year period. That's a, a very horrifying statistic when you think about our kids on the road driving. And really, the reality is we're having people come in and testify, and they're saying there's not even a good way to monitor for intoxication from marijuana on the streets because there's no accurate breathalyzer that really can get the THC quantity or the marijuana consumption. Yeah, it definitely looks like when it comes to safety, families are getting the bad end of this deal. Well, Victoria, we've been trying hard to let people know what they can do about it when all these things are being pushed through in the General Assembly. So how can listeners make their voices heard on this issue? Well, it is a fast-moving train, lots of bills going through committees and, and onto the floor. But what we need people to do right now is go to familyfoundation.org and just click on the blue banner that says make your voice heard and that's immediately going to take you to our action center where you can know where the bill is and communicate with your legislators today well let's talk about this other big justification being used for legalization of marijuana in virginia and that is that it's going to bring in all this state revenue and help educate our kids yeah it sounds great doesn't it but we've already had one senator who actually said it was going to net millions of dollars but the fact is it doesn't bear out it's actually the opposite colorado's already proven that for every dollar gained in tax revenue there's actually been four dollars and fifty cents spent in mitigating the effects of the legalization yeah and it's interesting to look at exactly what some of those societal costs are going to be just looking at that colorado data looks like some of the biggest costs are going to come in the form of what happens with our health care system because we mentioned those accidental poisonings and uh, traffic fatalities, as well as the economic costs of high school dropouts. Yeah, and especially in a moment like we have with COVID, we need everything to go in the opposite direction of economic devastation. We need people at their best working hard and able to recover, not having a situation where legalization has taken a toll. And we can't forget that it's actually going to take 8 to $20 million to set up this marijuana legalization in the first place. Well, what about the education piece of this? Could this actually help our education system? Well, first of all, it's not even going to go towards our actual schools. The tax revenue is going to be limited to helping preschoolers. So it's a whole new program in the first place. But also, when we really think about this, we just have to remember the history of lottery in Virginia, where we said, we're going to create all this new revenue. It's going to go towards education. And what we actually found was that legislators just started moving money around to make sort of a, a new program in another direction and claim that it was for education. Well, Victoria, we've been listing all these very logical, factual reasons why this would actually harm our communities more than it would help them. And yet this keeps sailing right through the legislator. And it's as if all of these facts and pleas from business owners and parents are just falling on deaf ears. What are we to make of that? Yeah, people have got to understand this is not being pushed by people who are trying to help our families. This is being pushed by a cannabis industry and a bunch of lobbyists that are paid by that industry. So we just need to understand that this is not trying to help our communities, trying to provide a solution, trying to provide revenue. This is being driven by commercialization. You also mentioned the situation where it's disturbing that a significant chunk of the tax revenue is supposed to go to the substance abuse prevention. What? How is that a conflict of interest? Well, that's the thing. You have the people who are supposed to be regulating and helping people who are in trouble also wanting to profit from it. So it's the fox guarding the hen house, so to speak. It's a terrible thing. And we set it up all the time in government. It's tragic for our communities. Well, we are throwing out a whole lot of information to people. So I just want people to know if you're wanting to find out, you know, more about what we're talking about online, you can go to familyfoundation.org and you can click uh, one of two places, either on the speak up conversation tips in our menu or just go to our blog section. You'll see a lot of what we're talking about today. Well, it's time for our Inconceivable Moments Award. 
where we're featuring examples of the absolute lunacy and craziness that happens when our cultural leaders try to give guidance completely apart from biblical principles. And we're calling this the Liberals' Most Inconceivable Moments Award. Inconceivable! Well, Victoria, who's getting this week's Inconceivable Award? I think it definitely has to go to liberal delegates in the Virginia House because they've given us a very clear signal on the absurdity of their values when it comes to sex education in public schools. Yeah, my understanding is they actually had an opportunity to include something life-affirming for a change in the state's required sex education program, otherwise known as Family Life Education, or FLE. Yeah, basically what happened is a conservative delegate brought forth this wonderful idea of giving students a way to view a video recording of an ultrasound of a live baby in the womb as part of their required human reproduction section of FLE. But they voted it down by tabling it. But not only that, they, they basically killed the bill and they did so on the anniversary of Roe versus Wade. Wow. First, I just have to say that idea itself is really neat. What better way to demonstrate the natural, biological, and God-given purpose of sexuality than showing an ultrasound in a human reproduction class? I love it. But I'm curious, Victoria, what possible reason could anyone give for opposing that? I mean, why bring it up for hearing in the first place and on the anniversary of Roe v. Wade only to just defeat it? Well, that was intentional, but not only did they fail to include something that's life-affirming in human development and sex ed, but it comes on top of their repeated failures to do anything in response to parent concerns that have been voiced where kids are being forced to view sexually explicit instruction and they're complaining, and this General Assembly has done nothing. We've had instances in Albemarle and other places where things that are being shown to our kids are not meeting any of the goals of FLE, and this General Assembly has been silent. So essentially, they've now sent the message that a redemptive, life-affirming message in sex ed is not okay, but the promotion of valueless, even explicit experimentation outside of marriage is just fine. Yeah, and we wonder why our kids are struggling in this culture to know what's right and wrong. That's why our job as parents is so important. Well, now's time to wrap things up and just remind everyone, after we've done a few of these Inconceivable Awards, we're going to put them in a top 50 list that you can download. So if you want to participate in this process, be sure to send in your nominations to speakupradio at familyfoundation.org. That's speakupradio at familyfoundation.org. Thanks for joining us for this week's Speak Up Virginia, brought to you by the Family Foundation. Visit us at familyfoundation.org. That's familyfoundation.org. See you next time. And don't forget, we are stronger when we speak together.